Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to 3C Amplified. I'm your host, Jacqueline DeStremps, and twice a month I'm here to highlight the businesses, nonprofits, and individuals collaborating to amplify their impact in the community. This series is sponsored by Another Hand Advantage, where I create marketing strategies for community-minded small businesses and nonprofits. So let's get started with today's show. Um, today, I'd like to introduce my two guests here with me in the studio. I have uh, Jana Smith. She is the Executive Director of Phoenix Community Tool Bank. And then I'm also excited to introduce uh, Patty Russar. She's actually the CEO of Tool Bank USA. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I was so excited a, a couple months back when I um, invited Jana to be on the show. And I gave, I think I gave you like a couple of dates to choose from. And you said, actually, that one, <laughs> that July date works out great because Patty's going to be here in town. And I said, oh, yay. <laughs> That's perfect because... Up until now, all of the nonprofits I've had on the show have all been um, local nonprofits. So this is nice to kind of see not just, you know, what's being done here locally, but we can talk a little bit about kind of what's going on in um, across the country. So welcome. Um, why don't we just start um, with some introductions? Um, Patty, maybe I'll start with you if you want to just tell me a little bit about uh, about yourself and how you got involved with Toolbank. Um, I so I live in Atlanta. I've been there for about 10 years. And when I moved there, I was looking for a new job. And there was this small little nonprofit called Atlanta Mutual Bank. It was the only tool bank in the country. And the executive director was leaving to start Tool Bank USA. And I was so excited about walking through the warehouse and seeing all these tools and what they could do for the community. I had come from another nonprofit where we did large-scale volunteer projects, and we were always scrambling to find <laughs> enough tools. I was like, wow, I wish I had this in Chicago. And so from there, I, I saw Tool Bank USA evolve, and we now have eight affiliates in a Tool Bank Disaster Services. We have two mobile units, and uh, Jana is one of those eight uh, tool banks across the country. And so it's just very exciting to see this model move across the nation. Oh, wow. Exciting. And I make sure we get back to that mobile part of it, because I don't think when I met Jana, um, that was part of the was part of the nonprofit. So I can't wait to hear more about that. Jana, why don't you, same thing, go ahead and introduce yourself and a little bit about um, how you got involved with the Phoenix Community Tool Bank. Okay. So I have been in nonprofit now about 16 years here in the Valley. And um, I was looking for kind of like that next step and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I had worked in more of the social service sector side of nonprofits for a really long time. And um, I saw the job description come out for Phoenix Community Tool Bank. And I said, wow, this is really cool because I had had to... Um, organize volunteer projects before and, it, and the tools always became the issue, right? You can get people to come out all day long to help a community cause, especially ones that they're super passionate about, but you have to have something to put in their hand or you just have a bunch of people standing around that 
then are like, well, did I waste my time? I really, I really want to feel productive. And so I read the job description and I was like, this is amazing. And I really want to be a part of bringing this to Phoenix. So um, at that time, there was no tool bank. Um, there was no building. There was no nothing. <laughs> um, we were ready to replicate into the Phoenix market. So we had a board. And they had been doing some initial fundraising and, and just kind of um, spreading the word. There was a survey that went out to see um, that the commu- how the community would respond to something like a tool bank. And we had an overwhelming response from our local nonprofit and government agencies that they really wanted to see a tool bank come to Phoenix. So I applied for the job and I crossed my fingers and um, luckily they hired me and that was May of 14. And um, I've, I'm excited to say that now we do have a warehouse, a ton of tools and make a ton of community impact each week. Yeah, that's so exciting. And I think when you and I met, you, I, you had maybe been on the job for a year or maybe a little bit more than that. So we actually met through another networking event that I was putting on and we went around the room and kind of talked a little bit about our nonprofits, our businesses, and came to Jana and she said, oh, I'm with the Phoenix Community Tool Bank and we loan out tools to nonprofits. And automatically my little, you know, antenna or whatever went up and I thought, (laughs) what? Because again, somebody who I've volunteered in the past, I've worked for nonprofits and you're right. Everybody wants to come out and do something and then you get there and there's, you know, one hammer. <laughs> you know, you're the designated hammer person because we have one hammer and we didn't want to go buy 20 hammers because then who has that kind of room <laughs> in a closet somewhere? Or what if you need a wheelbarrow? You know, who wants to go buy 20 wheelbarrows? So anyway, tell me a little bit, and I don't know who wants to to jump in on this one. So tell me a little bit about what it is, kind of um, how, how it works, and maybe just a little bit about how Toolbank works started? Where did that come from? I tell you what, I'll talk about how it started and I'll let Jana tell you how it works. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It started in about 1991. There was a a young lawyer in Atlanta. He lived in the south side of Atlanta and he had a lot of senior neighbors whose house was in disrepair and they, they didn't either have the funds or the physical abilities to help do those repairs, but they wanted to stay in their homes. So he started doing repairs and he got his friends to help. And pretty soon people said, hey, here's some tools to help you on the weekends. Oh, wow. Pretty soon his car was full of tools. (laughs) He got a shed Uh and then he had a lot of tools. And then people were like, hey, I want to borrow those tools for my volunteer project. So the shed then became a small warehouse. And in 1991, they incorporated under CRI, Community Redevelopment Inc., and then in 1997, they officially changed the name to Toolbank. And they continued under Toolbank. Then they continued with their housing, senior housing program called House Proud. So in 2012, I came in in 2008. In 2012, we split. Um, House Proud became its own entity. So that still happens mm-hmm. in South Atlanta. Um, but now the Toolbank model is truly about loaning tools out in the community. And that's really how it started. And so many people started calling and saying, hey, can you teach us how to do this? A tool bank is really a great idea. In 2008, they just incorporated Tool Bank USA. And that's how it all started. That's amazing. Yeah. Just from the car to the shed. To the shed. <laughs> to the warehouse. And, and, today, and today at the Atlanta Community Tool Bank, they have like 1,200 shovels. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jana, and so tell us a little bit, I guess, how that evolved into, you know, spreading uh, to other communities outside of Atlanta. And then maybe talk a little bit about some of the projects that um, 
you've been involved with here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So I think Toolbank USA has a really interesting model on how they replicate as a national organization in that they don't pick the cities. The cities um, and somebody who's an advocate for the Toolbank model actually has to come to them. And there has to be some work on the local front. Um, the prior CEO used to always say, we know tool lending, but you know your community. And so there needs to be that that face and um, advocate locally. And so for us, it was our um, our first board chair and founder here in Phoenix, uh, Ian Hamp, who works uh, for Wells Fargo in their volunteer section. And um, he had the opportunity to visit Charlotte Toolbank uh, during one of Wells Fargo's big day of giving. And um, he experienced firsthand um, the Toolbank uh, opportunity to really enhance your volunteer project. Um, and he said, wow, I could never do um, a huge volunteer project like this in Phoenix without something like a tool bank. And that really started him on bringing a tool bank to Phoenix. So a little bit about how we work. So we uh, loan tools to other nonprofit schools and neighborhood associations and government departments. So basically anyone going out and doing um, good charitable work in our community has access to our tools. And I really remind people that it's uh, it's really evolved into more than tools. And I I tell people to think of us as, an, as a resource for the nonprofit and charitable sector. Um, so we do carry things like special event equipment. Um, here in Phoenix, we have a very unique partnership with Delta Dental Foundation where we actually carry portable dental equipment for healthcare organizations. So the model is really about how do we allow our nonprofit sector to be um, impactful without affecting their bottom line. And so allowing their volunteers and and their organization to do everything from special events to build playgrounds to rehabbing homes um, without having, I think you mentioned it, you know, where do you store 20 hammers after you buy them? <laughs> um, and and if you never need 20 hammers again, then you just have 20 hammers laying around <laughs> when somebody else could use those 20 hammers again. So and then you try to find him next year. What'd right, you do with that too. Yeah, it was in this closet. Well, I moved into this closet over here, and then somebody threw him away. Right, right. right and then you right. go back out. Somebody was tired of moving them from moving them from closet to closet. Well, and and a good example when I had started there, when she was talking about how it's evolved, and we started getting in tools for special events like tables and mm-hmm. chairs. And I was at a meeting one time, and this lady literally almost started crying saying, I love you to a point. Thank you so much. Because every year she does this small fundraiser for her church for one of their programs. And she would spend two to three days going around to different areas, collecting the folding tables. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she would have to return them all. Yep. So she spent a good week just getting the tables and she was able to book an appointment, come to the tool bank. Within an hour, she had all of her tables mm-hmm. and then she brings them back it's all very smooth and easy. Yeah. And I don't think people realize sometimes when you're putting an event together, you know, you're trying to keep the costs really low because it is a fundraising event. So the last thing you want to do is, you know, be raising funds to actually just have the event, Um, you know, going around the time that it does take for you to go and get the tables and are they the same size? No. Oh, then that means we need different tablecloths for some of these tables and <laughs> exactly. do the chairs work. Yep. Or sometimes you pick up something and you set it up and you think, oh, that does not work as like it was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, actually I think when I toured uh, the Phoenix Community Tool Bank, I remember you had even some um, artificial plants in there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there were yep. the, I, the podium, which yep. I was mm-hmm. 
I don't, huge, I don't know why. Huge, right? It's like, huge, why would you though. buy a, por- a podium for a one-time special mm-hmm. event? Um, and, you know, but people need that. Right, yeah. right. And it, I think I was just looking the other day, too, at an event that I have coming up. And I was looking at the podium rental and they wanted like $85 a day yes. mm-hmm. for the podium. Yep. And I said, what? <laughs> Do I get to take the podium home after? Is this like a leasing program, lease to own? Because that's a lot of money. Um, and it all, it really adds up. Mm-hmm. So, and I think one of the other um, unique uh, situations you talked about uh, when we met last too was, was there a nonprofit? They had to paint, repaint the lines in their parking lot or something to that effect. And yeah, I don't remember what it was, but I just was thinking, what a, is there really anything that can't, can't be <laughs> borrowed? Long, uh, borrowed. Right. Yeah. No. And uh, my answer would be no. Right. right. <laughs> the sky's, and I think that's what's so great about the um, tool bank model is really the sky's the limit. Right. And I like that you said it kind of caters to the community. So what you know your community best. So if your community needs, like, for instance, you mentioned that dental equipment through mm-hmm. Delta Dental, if that's what the community needs, you made it happen and we're able to get that mm-hmm. um, get that taken care of for them. So what other things do you feel are you know unique to maybe Phoenix that maybe some of the other tool banks don't don't have or? <laughs> or has worked really well here. Um, we don't carry any snow shovels, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the that's the cool thing about being, um, you know, kind of locally driven is that we get to. Although there's some base tools that we all carry, um, we really get to um, kind of grow our own inventory based on the needs of the community. So as our member agencies return the tools, they get a survey, and one of the things on the survey is, "What did we not have? What would you like to see in the future? What projects, um, you know, are you planning?" we work really closely with our member agencies. Um, You know, there's a benefit to being a a small staff. I get to know all my member agencies Mm -hmm. really well. They all know me. And, you know, they're not afraid to tell me, you know, we would love a floor buffer. Like, that is something that would save us a ton of money. Have you ever thought about adding it? And I'm always like, we're always open to adding anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, you know, we have only been open for a couple of years and we're just really at this point now where we're starting to um, base our inventory off of the needs of our community. And so where do all the tools come from? It really varies. But I would say for the majority, a good percentage, let's say like 90% of the tools are, if they're purchased, there's been money that's been given to purchase those tools. Mm -hmm. Or there's gift cards that are given. The Home Depot likes to give gift cards to go back and purchase tools. Stanley Black & Decker is a huge supporter of the tool bank. We get a lot of tools and equipment and financial support from them. We The Ames Company has given mm-hmm. tools. We have a variety of people. And now that we're getting older, a lot, a lot more uh, companies are... Uh, aware that we exist. And so we have different resources. And sometimes it's just your community. Sometimes it's someone closing up their shop that they've had a long time in the back, their garage, and you get some nice tools from that. So a good percentage of them, I I don't think very many people allocate any of their general operation funds to purchase tools. Mm -hmm. And just to give people an idea of the scope, because I think, you know, we, we say tool bank and unless you've been there and visited right. us, <laughs> um, it's really hard to kind of imagine, um, what we can do. And so in Phoenix, and as I mentioned, we're still one of the fairly younger tool banks in our network. Um, currently we have over a $250,000 tool inventory. And as Patty mentioned, most of it 
being donated by either local folks, um, local companies, Intel, Sun Valley Supply, all the way to our national partners, um, Stanley, Little Giant Ladders, Ames. And I think that's what's so cool about what we do is that these people see value in providing tools so that they can go out in the community and be utilized to make um, greater impact for our nonprofit and charitable sector. And we're, we're, we really run as just kind of like the, the meteor to make sure that those tools get out and get utilized in the community. But we have a very large, vast inventory, a couple hundred different tool types. So, um, you know, depending on what your project is, we probably have a tool that can help. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll, you'll be scrolling through the database thinking, oh, I might need that too. <laughs> or we'll add it. Or, yeah. yeah. And I think the cool thing for me, for the evolution of it, mm-hmm. is having these additional affiliates, as we call them in the different areas, and they experience different things. And they will share it with the network and it's like, oh, that's a great idea. And then you can offer something new to your community too. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fun. What other communities um, have a a community tool bag? So we have one uh, in Cincinnati. We have Baltimore, Richmond, Virginia, Charlotte, Atlanta, Houston, Chicago, and Portland. Okay. Oh, wow. So kind of, or not Phoenix, excuse Phoenix. me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, wow, it's kind of spread all, you know, to all corners. But, um, and like you said, so it's uh, somebody, it, it starts with the, within the community and they're interested in it. And then they, what do they do? Do they contact Toolbank USA then and, and start a conversation as far as if yeah. they wanted a tool bank in their community? And sometimes it's, uh, they might reach out to a local affiliate and maybe a company was, volunteering and they use the the blue tools and they're like wow we I need one back in my hometown (laughs) but then it's 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 sent up to um tool bank usa and then the inquiries start and like jana said there's really there's a survey that's done to make sure there's enough support because you need financial support as well Mm -hmm. you need board members you need people who are going to use the tool bank so you want to make sure that that's in place and that's how it will get started. So yeah. it's being able to scale up. So we're really working right now on a new plan of how to make sure that we get some more tool banks on board, but do it wisely and so that they can sustain and their community can support them. Right. So what are some of the uh, local nonprofits and maybe some of the projects that they've done yeah, so we currently have about 160 nonprofits and charitable organizations registered with us. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, it's a great number and we've worked really hard to get there, but I also feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for any of you listening, um, it's really easy to register. You just have to go to our website and um, under borrow, the first drop down is first time borrower. And that explains how to get registered with your um, local do- or local tool bank. But we have... Um, um, you know, everything from really large nonprofits like the United Way, American Red Cross, to smaller local nonprofits. And um, what's really cool is that our nonprofits do just a variety of things with our tools, too. Um, I always love to use the example of the Children's Museum because it's not necessarily um, a organization that you would think of that would be doing ongoing rehab projects or, or building projects, but they borrow the, our tools to um, clean their exhibits. Every oh, okay. um, every oh, wow. co- like twice a year or something right. like that. Um, so I think that's just a great opportunity where you don't necessarily think about all that you might need for 
your your nonprofit and those needs that pop up that you don't necessarily need to have, you know, 20 ladders um, on site all the time, but those needs may come up one, two times a year. Um, so we also do a lot of playground builds in the community. So um, the, uh, the, the um, playground last year that was built at the Salvation Army Croc Center, um, they used uh, tool bank blue tools. Uh, we call we call them our blue tools because we paint all of our tool bank. Oh, okay, tools. I was going to ask about that because I noticed your hashtag hashtag blue tools, blue tools. and I thought I'm going to ask them about that. Yeah, <laughs> so we paint everything blue, or we um, stencil tool bank on it. It's uh, it's two reasons. Um, volunteers out in the community, you tend to volunteer in at, with multiple places, so it's a great opportunity for folks to say, "Why are all these tools blue?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we hope our member agencies say because we got them at the tool bank, right? Um, and then also at the end of a project, if you've ever coordinated a large volunteer project, <laughs> um, you know that getting everything back and getting it organized can sometimes be a challenge. We know that sometimes our member agencies have some of their own stuff and they're just borrowing our stuff to supplement on larger projects. And so it's a great opportunity to make it easy to say that goes back to the tool bank and that's ours. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, our blue tools have done everything from building playgrounds in the community to rehabbing senior housing. A couple months ago, they put together some furniture that was donated at uh, U.S. Vets Transitional Living. We participate in School Connects um, Love Our Schools Day. So um, just a wide variety of um, tools going out for different projects. And then is there a fee. So what kinds of fees are associated with uh, with signing up, becoming a member, and then checking out the tools? Yeah. So no fee to register. Oh, okay. um, it's completely free and it's really easy. It's it's uh, more an opportunity for us to collect some general information so that when we can go back and report to our funders, this, these are how many youth-based organizations we support, schools versus seniors, veterans. We all know that that's important um, for our funders to know who exactly is being impacted right. by our tools. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, it's great. The greater community is um, you know served with blue tools. But when we can say, these are how many veterans organizations that are going out and serving veterans or homeless or youth in our community. Um, So it's completely free to register. There is um, uh, a small lending fee with uh, creating an order. So it's it's a little complicated. It's 3% of the retail value of the tool for one week. Um, I know that's very abstract, but we do. Put, <laughs> sometimes I hate even saying it. I'm like, ah, it's online. <laughs> and I really, you know, we work with all of our member agencies and, and we never want the fee to be um, prohibitive of doing a project. It's right. really about creating some partnership and ownership with our member agencies. We want them to know that there's value in the tools that they're receiving um, and that it doesn't hurt me if a tool doesn't come back, if you don't bring your order back, what it ends up impacting is that next nonprofit that needed those 20 ladders. Right. Um, and so the fee is really about creating some ownership. The community tool bank doesn't belong to tool bank. It belongs to the community. Oh, yeah. Right. That's... And and they initially had, they were um, loaning tools out for free in uh-huh. Atlanta for a while. And they instituted a small fee. So just to give you a good example, like you can get a shovel for a week for 45 cents. Right. So it's not <laughs> However, they found out that when they implemented the small fee, they got more tools back. Right. People felt more obligated to bring the tools back. So mm-hmm. that is one of the reasons that they started charging the fees. Right, right. But totally doable fees yeah. for, I think, any yeah. size yeah. nonprofit when you look at 
either just not doing the project at all because it's just completely out of reach or even just, you know, renting the tools or like we said, or, or asking volunteers to show up with something too. Mm-hmm, right. And I think that's another thing that um, I really like about this model, kind of a problem that it solves is, you know, when you are trying to coordinate a volunteer project, everybody says they're all gung-ho you know, to do this type of project, especially I think too, sometimes if it's like you're building something or painting something or whatever that might be. But then when you start asking, okay, now we all, we need you all to show up with your own paintbrush or your own paint roller or whatever. Then that starts going, uh, then it starts going awry. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I have to remember one more thing I, to do. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> and you don't know what they're going to show right, up with. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like a little like artist's paintbrush. Right. And, like, <laughs> painting a house. Yeah. <laughs> I could do the well, details. Work. <laughs> and I think one of the really cool things too is like Jenna said, she doesn't want, you know, none of us want it to be cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of corporate partners who will help sponsor uh, the event and will pay for the handling fees. So it, it's easier for the nonprofit yeah. profit to absorb and it doesn't cost them a lot of money to do that. Right, right. Yeah. So you touch on a really great um, subject then, because you did mention before a little bit about some of your uh, partners that are helping you out with the tools and such. But tell me a little bit about um, what this means to, you know, businesses in the community that are wanting to help out on projects um, or wanting to support Tool Bank. Uh, What does that look like? What are some opportunities for them to to help out in that area? Do you want me to take this or? <laughs> you or want to, yeah, well, you want to talk about Phoenix? Yeah, I can yeah. talk about Phoenix. Yeah. And then if you want to talk about some sure. of our national partnerships. So, you know, I think there's lots of ways to, um, to, to get back and support your local tool bank. And we know that, uh, that, um, volunteerism is really important to corporations as well. They want their folks to get out and get involved in the community because when you're connected to your community, you care, right? And so, um, you know, that's what's great about tool bank is we're allowing that volunteerism to happen. Um, or we're making it easier, um, for the, our nonprofit sector to, um, to make that happen. So, you know, we always are looking for, of course, we're a nonprofit just like everyone else. So we're always looking for the financial support. But I think what's um, what's unique about Toolbank is we can look for ways to partner with our corporations. Um, so if you have, if you're having volunteer projects, we can, you know, uh, provide those tools in, you know, lieu of a donation. Um, and, and there's also a lot that if, especially if you're a tool manufacturer or you're, you know, um, in that field, uh, just looking at what you have available that makes sense that can go out into the community. It doesn't have to always be dollars as ways to support people. Items are always another great way to support, um, you know, your local nonprofits. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that I think, um, you know, I can never say enough is some, you know, when people are thinking of ways that they can give back and sometimes they think, oh, we don't have the money for that or that's Mm -hmm. not in the budget. And they're, yeah, like you said, there's so many other ways um, to give back. And it really is just having that conversation, whether it's the nonprofit, having that conversation with a business or, or the other way around or an individual, just having that conversation and saying, this is what I have to offer and what can we do to partner and really make it a partnership. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then nationally, you wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what those partnerships look like? Yeah. And and on a large scale, we have um, like Cox Automotive has done, they do like a no excuses month in April. Uh Deloitte does a great days of, or days of service, excuse me, in 
in June. So there's some larger corporations that do annual projects. Oh, nice. And so we've been working with some of them to do it across the network. So everybody might, every affiliate take on a project and work directly with them and then create, you know, here's what all of your employees were able to do on Mm -hmm. this day in multiple locations. Oh, wow. Which is exciting for them as well. Oh, yeah. So when they discovered we were there, finally, they were like, wow, you make this so much easier. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and even like the nonprofits, when um, they're budgeting for these larger scale projects of two to 300 people, they will... They will say, well, okay, so here's my budget. I've got all these materials. I'm going to spend so much money on materials. I have to spend about $8 for a t-shirt for each of the volunteers. Mm -hmm. I have to spend about $10 on lunch. Oh, tools. I spend about a dollar per volunteer for tools. That's awesome. Uh (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 And especially, um, and one of the other things I like really like about it is uh, the process, kind of the fulfillment process, I guess, because then what does that look like, Jana? I mean, I I guess I kind of already know from when I was out, but explain a little (laughs) bit what that fulfillment process looks like and kind of how you're taking a lot of the hassle out of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's one of the great things about being part of a network uh, is that um, we get to share a tool lending platform that's provided by Toolbank USA. So it makes it really efficient and easy for our member agencies to register, register and create an order. So after they are in approved member agency, they actually are able to go into our system and see our in- entire inventory um, online, is, which also includes a little picture and a description, which I know our volunteer coordinators who are not builders <laughs> um, really appreciate. Right, right. Um, and also people call things all types of things. <laughs> and we can only pick one name for right, our inventory. Right. Um, so when you get this list from your facilities person or, you know, the an outside person coordinating your project and it says, I need a Sawzall and you don't know what a Sawzall is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's, it's, there's a little picture and it kind of helps walk people through as well as a little description about what it does. And it's like, oh, I'm looking for that kind of saw. Oh, they call it a reciprocating saw. And so they actually place their order online, the quantity of how many um, shovels they want, rakes, wheelbarrows. Um, that goes to uh, back to us once they've placed that order. And um, we go through that order. When they're creating the order, they, they do a small description about um, what they're doing, as well as how many volunteers they expect. And then we can kind of help massage that and make sure that they have what they need. We know sometimes this is the first time people have ever, you know, done a large project. So if you have a hundred volunteers, you don't need a hundred tools. You probably need a few more because you're going to want those people that want to shovel together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and some people work faster than others. And, and, um, you know, so we really, we, we try to make sure that our member agencies have everything that they need for their project. Um, and then we get everything around. Um, and we, what we call stage it. Um, and so when a member agency arrives at their designated, um, pickup time, um, everything is set up for them. Um, so we literally go through, I explain anything special about batteries or um, anything like that. Everything comes charged, clean, and ready to use. So literally, if you know, if an organization was running a tight schedule, they could put everything in their truck and drive to their volunteer project and be ready to go. There's no charging batteries. There's no, oh, this is caked in mud. First, let me clean it off. Mm-hmm. Um, we really, you know, we want to be able to equip our member agencies with the with the highest quality and, and um, 
ready-to-use tools available. So we try to make it as easy as possible for, for them to come and pick up. And you keep mentioning we, Jana, but who do you have? Who do you have helping you out it's in that such warehouse? Such a bad habit. <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're a really small organization. So when I say we, I say the collective. So we do have a very active board, uh-huh. um, but we are a one employee organization. Yeah, so that's what I wanted you. I, I was like, come on, Jana. <laughs> so I'll, I may be writing a grant or doing a, a radio spot, yeah. and then you know go back to the warehouse and I'll kick off my heels and you know. Uh, put an order together and um, be ready for my she, <laughs> I, I will. I will tell you about uh-huh. how fantastic she is <laughs> because it is really hard. I mean, you have a physical program that you have to operate as a one person, mm-hmm. and then you have to go out in the community and you have to find members to use your tools, and then you have to get money to help support your organization. And quite honestly, it's a really tough thing to do. She's everything. Yeah. Computer breaks. She's IT department. <laughs> payroll time. She's got to run her own payroll, uh-huh. right? So she's really hardworking. And there's a lot of, you know, of our affiliates who started with one person and getting all those tools out the door. It's pretty tremendous and and manage that whole warehouse. Yeah, she can use help. I'll testify. That. <laughs> but she does a pretty darn good job yeah. for what um, she's able to do and the impact that that Phoenix has made on the community. Did she put you to work when you came into town? Did she? Well, I, I told her I brought my work clothes and she goes, well, I don't know. We're on a heat advisory. <laughs> oh, okay. That is true. Yeah. yeah. The, the warehouse is probably a little warm right now, but you do have like volunteers and such that help you yeah. in the warehouse. Yeah. And, okay. So when I say we, I do, I, yeah. we do have a tool bank family. So our, we have a very um, active board of directors and um, committee members and then volunteers that work in the warehouse that really help make everything happen. Well, good. Yeah. Okay. So I really want to get to that. Those two, you said it was two mobile uh, yeah. programs. Now, what, tell me a little bit about the mobile programs and it's, how that came about. It's actually called Tool Bank Disaster Services and they're mobile units okay. that are available to deploy immediately to respond to an, a disaster. Okay. Oh, great. And so what, how those work is they're like the size of a semi-trailer. Uh, they're equipped to respond to a disaster, so there's special equipment in there. I mean, there's a lot of your standard, but there's still, they really, it depends on what, if it's a flood, mm-hmm. a tornado, it might vary a little bit. Um, and then thanks to UPS, they give us a credit each year and they pull the trailers. So they're they're located in Atlanta um, and then they're moved to where the disaster location oh, would okay. be. However, right now, both of those mobile units are deployed for rebuilding efforts in the Houston area. So one's about three hours south in a town called Rockport and one's in Beaumont. One of the trailers uh, was uh, secured through UPS funding um, in Stanley. And then the other one was kindly donated by United Rentals that we just got. And so we're looking to get a third trailer, Mm -hmm. but that's exactly what they're for. And then what they call blue skies when there's not, uh, sometimes they'll go for large scale projects. So an organization called the Mission Continues has used the mobile unit uh, three years now. Uh, They do large scale um, efforts where they get several hundreds, if not thousands of volunteers to deploy in a city. And they do, you know, a focus on work for one week. Oh, wow. And the trailer's there for them to access yeah. the tools. Oh, that's great. Yes. They just, so that one trailer just came from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, one of the, um, 
again, one of the things I'm just so uh, interested in as far as, you know, Toolbank goes and Toolbank USA and what I've learned just from, you know, in my times when I uh, talked with Jana about it is just, I guess, the creativity and kind of the way that it has evolved uh, is just fascinating to me because it's one thing, I guess, for, you know, some organizations, regardless if you're nonprofit or for profit, to kind of always ch- like chase the next shiny thing. And then you, you kind of dilute your mission, but you guys have always just stuck. You're really stuck on what that mission is, but you're still doing it in so many different creative ways. So I really, yeah, I yeah. just really like that. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that I really like about the tool bank too, is we have a very focused mission, but our goal is to do it the best. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, uh, you know, we're not interested in expanding into volunteer coordination or anything like that. We just want to loan tools and we want to loan equipment and we want to, you know, provide that resource to the nonprofit community. Yeah. So tell me, I guess you have, uh, you have something new kind of coming up. Is this specific just to Phoenix Community Tool Bank or is this something that some of the other? Yeah. So um, it's actually um, currently being done into other affiliates. Um, so we basically just stole their idea because I, <laughs> I don't like recreating the wheel. If there's something good, I'm going to take it. <laughs> um, but that's that's what's great about being part of a network is... Um, so this was actually launched by our Richmond Community Tool Bank. And um, he's really perfected it over the last three years. And so um, I had had some conversations with him and I was like, man, this is just such a great way to get our business community um, engaged in Tool Bank in a completely different way while providing... Um, a neat opportunity for for their employees. Um, so it's called Investing in Our Community. And it's a fundraising opportunity for Toolbank, but we're really looking at it as an opportunity for um, companies to do something a little bit different around team building. So instead of, you know, doing that golf tournament or going to that game or doing that ropes course, um, we're inviting companies um, for a paid sponsorship to come down to the tool bank and we will facilitate um, a four-hour event where you build picnic tables in small breakout teams um, to then uh, be donated to either local schools or nonprofits. So you have the opportunity to work with your coworkers and I do some um, work up front with the with the company around what's your goal in in this um, team building event. Are you looking for some leadership development? You know, we'll kind of weave that in. Um, but they work um, as a group at building um, picnic tables that then are donated into the community. So it's a great opportunity for them to come and come together as a as a team and um, work and and still you know get that team building oh we got problem solving kind of experience. But they leave feeling great because they just built a bunch of picnic tables that get donated into the community. Yeah, I think that's that's what I love about it is you actually get to see like a physical thing there together Done. in front of you, you know, <laughs> that you were talking about going, you know, the, the team building. I always laugh when I hear somebody saying they're doing a team building activity and they're all going to the game together. I'm like, how is that building a team? You're watching the team. Exactly. <laughs> You're seeing how they're playing, but what about you? And so this is truly you know, a team building activity. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of, you know, volunteer, you know, uh, groups, companies that do volunteer activities. But again, I like that it's pulling into, it's an actual, you know, I don't know, for lack of a better word, a curriculum, I guess, that you're kind of pulling on. Like you said, you talk to them ahead of time and say, what is it that you want to mm-hmm. gain from this? And then the community's getting a really 
well, cool picnic table out. Yeah, and then the other cool thing is some people become very excited because they've learned how to use the drill properly yeah. or some other tool, yep. and they become a better volunteer in the oh, community. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I can just imagine after that, you're like, I built a uh, picnic tables. is going on my LinkedIn and <laughs> as a skill, and uh, that just pushed me up on the <laughs> scale for volunteer activities. <laughs> Exactly. And you bring up a great point. So um, anyone can do it. Because yeah. that was part of my hesitation is, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to lead these. I'm, I have no experience <laughs> in building. Um, but they've, they've, built, they've created such a, a, a solid program in Richmond that we've been able to take. Um, and it really, and anyone can build these picnic tables. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we have our first one coming up and the women in the office were more so it happens to be a board member's company um and so he got them you know excited about it but i the conversations that i had were with the, with two women and they were so excited about <laughs> being able to use the power tools right because i think you know, we don't have necessarily always that opportunity. And so it is kind of cool to be able to learn how to use a drill properly Mm -hmm. and be like, I built a picnic table. Because I know that was how I felt when I finished my first one. (laughs) And you want to know the exciting thing really about the tool bank that I love. (laughs) The majority of our executive directors are women. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's an excellent point. I love that too. That's really interesting. So um, do you already have organizations then designated for the picnic tables once this gets rolled out? And Yeah, yeah. So we're actually um, working with a group called School Connect, um, and they're connecting us directly to the school districts. Um, because when a project is done, depending on the size, we're going to have anywhere from 10 to 12 um, to upwards of 20 picnic tables done per project. So each small group builds two. Um, so it's a lot of picnic tables to distribute. Right. And I wanted to make sure that we didn't overwhelm one school <laughs> and that we shared the the love. And so um, we're connecting directly to school districts that will then filter them down to the schools. We're targeting um, Title I schools. Mm-hmm. And then we're also working with the, with the companies. If there's a charity that they already volunteer with, that they're already passionate about, that they already give to, you know, we're certainly open to giving them outside of the schools. But, uh, you know, we just thought schools were a great place to start. And when we fill up all the schools in the Phoenix metro area with picnic <laughs> tables, we'll go to the to the next community need. There's a picnic table for you and a picnic table for you and a picnic table for you. <laughs> well, and they're, they're also developing some other plans to do other than picnic tables. Mm-hmm. There's like kitchen tables. Atlanta did a build uh, with um, the Home Depot folks who worked with um, an organization with young men and uh, they built picnic table or they built built kitchen tables and those were actually placed in veterans homes. Oh, wow. So they're also developing plans yeah. for some other things. So oh, good. Probably, Jana will probably have some <laughs> other ideas yeah. after she runs out of After we do tables. the picnic tables. Yeah, I think after Richmond, everybody has right. a picnic yeah. table, they're going to be like, She's all right. going to make sure Phoenix has all the picnic all tables, the picnic they, tables need. they need. But then she'll have opportunities to develop some other types of things too yeah. as she learns how to do this. Yep. Yeah. And, and partnering with our member agencies, you know, we want to be able to give back to them too. So mm-hmm. if our, you know, food banks come to us and say we need more shelving units or, you know, something like that, it's something that's, you know, uh, it, 
capable for us to build, then we're certainly open to it too. Yeah. Again, just going back to listening what the community needs. Mm-hmm. So exactly. you know, if they need, like you said, shelving units. I was just, I was kind of going <laughs> through my head of different things that it's like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> well, and community other, gardens are yes. so big. So I think Richmond started building compost um, oh, okay. bins that could be put in, mm-hmm. you know, in the gardens yeah. and then, of course the garden beds themselves. Right. I know. And, I was thinking of raised beds yep. and, yeah. <laughs> and potting, <laughs> potting uh, tables. And, yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, thank you so much, ladies. Um, before we wrap up here, I just want to make sure that we get out all the information necessary to anyone who's listening to this, either today live or later when this is available for download. If they would like to help out here in Phoenix, Jana, whether it's a business who wants to jump on board with this this new um, project with the picnic tables, or it's somebody who just wants to volunteer, or if it's an organization, how do they, what should they do first? How do they get in touch with you? So the best way is probably to visit our website, which is www.phoenixtoolbank.org or email directly to me, which is, it's just Jana, J-A-N-A dot Smith at toolbank.org that you can also send a message through our website. But we have a lot of information, including our entire inventory is listed on our website. So if you're like, huh, we're doing a project, but I don't know if they'd have something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually find our inventory listed oh, good. on our website. So even if they, ha- they before, haven't gone through the membership process exactly. yet, they can at least go on there and, and take a look. Yep. Or maybe at the very least, they can look at the pictures and learn what... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what that is. <laughs> Great. Thank you. And um, Patty, so as far as on kind of a national level, if, if people are more interested in um, learning about the disaster services or what they can do to get a tool bank in their community or support another tool bank, what what can they do? They can go to www.toolbank.org and we have a tab uh, uh, listed for all of, you can get direct connect to any affiliate and see which locations we're in. Same with tool bank disaster services. There's a tab up there that talks about how you can help. And anybody can reach out to me directly at patty, P-A-T-T-Y dot russert, R-U-S-S-A-R-T at toolbank.org. I'll be happy to answer any questions. Well, great. Thank you. And of course, um, once this is uh, online and people are available, are, are able to download the show today, we'll have all those links on there as well. So anybody can connect with you. And again, I just encourage you, um, if you are in one of the cities that has a tool bank, if you're here in Phoenix, and you are with a nonprofit or on the board or anything, Take a look at that inventory and even and see, because even if maybe you just have a special event coming up that you need mm-hmm. some tables for or whatever that might be, take a look and see. Um, again, there's just, like you said, there's what, $250,000 worth mm-hmm. of tools in yep. that warehouse. My guess is you want some of them for your, your project. Maybe there's a project you've been thinking about, but you've been putting it off because you just think, I don't know how I'm going to make this possible. Take a look at that. So thank you so much, ladies. Um, thank you very thank you. much yeah. for having us. Appreciate it. You are welcome. I'm so glad that you were in town and able to talk, <laughs> speak to, um, to the national um, organization about it, because I just think that, um, again, it's just really unique the way that it has grown and the way that, um, that it is growing. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see 
how what else you guys are doing. So, you can have yeah. us back in five years and we'll talk about the, yeah. the yes, <laughs> I know. everything else. And new, you'll talk about, cities. yeah, yeah. You'll talk about, you know, how, um, the, you know, where all the picnic tables are. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, you've been listening to 3C Amplified, where twice a month we share how others are connecting, creating and collaborating and inspire you to be part of something greater. Until next time, I'm Jacqueline DeStrimps with Another Hand Advantage. Let me help create a marketing strategy to put your organization's mission in front of your target audience and highlight the impact you're having in your community. Visit anotherhandadvantage.com to learn more and connect with me. Until next time. Mm -hmm.